You are listening to The Happy Gynecologist with your host, Amanda Miles, MD. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. We are in episode 15. I can't even believe we're already at number 15. That's like 15 weeks. Actually, 16 weeks because we took off the week of Thanksgiving. Uh, since we released this podcast on Thursdays, uh, we definitely took a holiday on that day. So we've been at this for 16 weeks. Crazy. And I also wanted to take a second right here at the beginning to thank all of you that did an iTunes review. And I just want you to know how, how much it means to me. Um, and I want to encourage those of you that haven't, hey, help a girl out. Okay. Um, because the reviews are a really important way for me to get the word out to other OBGYNs or healthcare workers that this podcast exists. And it helps it make it um, like more easily found on iTunes, you know, with the whole algorithm and all that, you know, all that drama. Um, I'm no techie, but this is what I know is that apparently if you have more reviews, then more people can find you. And so um, I have no plans of, of, you know, buying ads or anything for this podcast. So, um, you know, there's not uh, another good way, you know, unless we're, you know, paying for that stuff. So this is like the the best way just to get the word out to help as many other OBGYNs or other docs or other healthcare workers out there that I can. So thank you so much. Um, I just wanted to start by reading a couple of these. These are amazing. Uh, We have the first one was um, from A. Williamson RN. And it says, not just for OBGYNs. And she writes, I'm not an OBGYN, but a labor and delivery nurse and a mom. I feel like this podcast can be applied to many different aspects of life. Well, thank you. That is a great, great point. I think I have so many uh, labor nurses or just nurses in general that are that are like coming along on this journey with me. And I'm so thankful to have y'all here. You know that anytime I say OBGYN or gynecologist or whatever, you just insert nurse, tech, you know, uh, lactation consultant, you know, whatever, whatever you are in life. If you're just a mom, insert the word mom instead of OBGYN. It all works. This is all information that translates, you know, from one, one job or one aspect of life to another. So, Another review, um, and this one comes from uh, Alexander34, and uh, it says, great work you're doing here. You recognized a need, used your talents, and look what you're creating here. High fives all around. I just love it. I love it. We are creating some some uh, amazing new thoughts with this podcast, y'all, and we are going to just keep changing our lives right here. So thanks. And today... I've got a real treat for (laughs) y'all. Today we're going to be talking about mom guilt. And whenever I talk about mom guilt, what I've really determined whenever I was researching for this episode and really doing some thought work and really thinking about this, and whenever I've coached some of my clients about this, is that there is a difference from guilt and shame that we're going to talk about today. And I think most of us, what we are doing, we're not mom guilting ourselves. We are mom shaming ourselves. (laughs) So many of us talk about mom guilt, which I think as a mom starts really early on in our mom careers, like, you know, like the day you basically bring your newborn home and you start questioning whether you're doing it right, right? But what that morphs into is, you know, not, not asking yourself, man, am I, am I doing this right? Instead, it can morph into, am I a good enough mom? And that's kind of the difference between mom guilt and mom shame. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. A lot of the research I've done on this um, 
for this podcast and to to coach myself or coach my clients has been kind of surrounding some of Brene Brown's work. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with her, but she's one of my absolute favorite teachers. If you haven't read any of her books or watched her TED Talks, I highly encourage it. Start with the TED Talk. Just go to TED Talks and or just Google YouTube Brene Brown. And she's she's kind of this researcher that has really studied shame and vulnerability. And I think she's one of the great thinkers of our times. And what she teaches is that shame is the feeling that we get which comes from some version of I am bad. Whereas guilt is different than that. Guilt comes from some version of I did something bad. Okay. I realize that kind of sounds like semantics, but think about it. Okay. And what she's really found in her um, experience and her, her research with thousands of people is that people that have more shame, they experience higher rates of depression of addiction, eating disorders, violence, bullying, and aggression. And I think that this probably plays a huge role in our burnout at times. And so I'm going to lump burnout in there too. I'm just going to go ahead and say like, Brene Brown probably found that they're burnout too. I don't know that for sure, y'all. I'm just like theorizing, but it makes sense to me. Okay. And so what I want you to think about is this. If we have mom guilt, then that's like, I feel guilty for giving my kids M&M for breakfast, right? So I kind of feel guilty for giving them that for breakfast. It probably wasn't the best choice, okay? What mom shame is, is I'm a bad mom for giving my kids M&Ms for breakfast, okay? While this seems like there's not, it's no big deal, like there's not a huge distinction there, um, I want you to think about what does your internal like dialogue sound like? Okay, because shame, we already talked about, is more related to those other bad outcomes. Guilt is not associated with those. So I kind of almost want to tell y'all, mom guilt yourself all you want, but don't mom shame yourself. Okay. And so the other thing I want you to start thinking about is that while this may seem like no big deal, like eh, it's just semantics, right? <laughs> We've all done that. What I want you to consider is that your brain acts according to your beliefs. So if you think, I am a bad mom enough times, your brain will eventually offer up other times that you should probably go ahead and shame yourself for. Okay, so if you feed your kids M&Ms for breakfast one day, and then you tell yourself later, yeah, I'm a terrible mom. I fed my kids M&Ms for breakfast. That doesn't seem like a big deal at the time. But if you think, I'm a bad mom enough times... Your brain will then start looking for other areas for where you're a bad mom, and it will just offer that up to you, okay? Because a belief is something that we have thought over and over and over again. And so much now, you know, so much so that now that belief or that thought is just an automatic thought. It's on the fast track for your brain, right? That neural connection that has zapped from one neuron to another has done that so many times that it's been reinforced. It's a very strong neural connection. And how this then turns into a problem is that then you're, that's just the automatic answer. Well, I'm a bad mom, right? Your brain will think that without you even realizing it. And then that acts as a filter through which we see the world, okay? So then we're telling ourselves that, that we're a bad mom for, you know, everything, basically. Oh, my kid's socks don't match. I'm a bad mom, <laughs> Okay, 
And so it's not something that we are consciously doing. It's just our brain. Whenever we reinforce those neural connections, our brains then then can like make that that thought very automatically, unconsciously. It just does it. It's on autopilot. Okay. And so whenever we talk about shame, a lot of people don't like talking about shame because shame is usually a very intensely negative emotion. And we don't really enjoy feeling shame. It makes us want to run away. It makes us want to cower into a corner. It makes us want to hide from everyone. And often this is seated in the belief that we are flawed and we are therefore unworthy of love or connection. So it's a very isolating emotion. Okay. It's this fear of not being good enough or not deserving of love. Okay. Shame is that feeling that you get when you think, I'm not enough, or I'm not good enough for that person, or I'm not a good enough mom for my kids. Maybe it's I'm unlovable. I'm not good enough for them to love me. Okay, so those are some of the thoughts that might, you know, you could try those on and you might be able to feel shame right now. So often these thoughts are not thoughts that you notice. Often, like we talked about, they're deep-seated beliefs that they don't produce this kind of vivid sentence that you see you know, running across the the ticker, you know, ticker tape in your in your brain, you know, can't just like read like, oh, I'm unlovable. Yeah. <laughs> like most of us aren't aware that we might have a thought that is producing this shame for us. It's just this kind of deep seated, um, unconscious thought in our inner monologue. And so we don't usually recognize that it's shame that's making us feel so bad after we judge ourselves. Okay, so often what will happen is we'll judge ourselves and shame ourselves. And we don't realize, oh, that's the feeling of shame because I'm thinking I'm no good. Okay, so oftentimes we don't know that we're doing it. Okay, the other thing is, is that we kind of are conditioned to think that it's normal to shame ourselves. Um, and, And part of that is just society or, you know, kind of how we talk to our kids and how we were spoken to as a child. I remember very vividly, like growing up and a daycare te- uh, teacher telling me, shame on you every time I would get into trouble um, or like talk during nap time. I remember her doing that if I talked during nap time. And you guys might know this already about me, but I love to talk. <laughs> so every time I would, you know, talk during nap time she would tell me shame on you I I like remember her doing this or even like I remember one time um I only I think I was only like two or three and I had like an accident like a potty accident right and I remember her telling me that even then and so every time I made a mistake she would say that and she was like a much older woman I remember this and like I said I only had you know I had to only be like two or three but I remember that and guess what? Like, that's immediately where my brain would love to go whenever I make a mistake right now, right? Like, shame on you, Miles. How could you do that, right? Now now it's more like my inner self would love to, like, throw, you know, some F-bombs in there. Like, how'd you F that up, Miles? You know, that kind of thing. It's it's evolved over time since I was a toddler. <laughs> so, but yeah, so my, my brain would love to go into this self-shaming mode. And tell me how bad I effed it up, or that's why I shouldn't be a doctor, or that's why I shouldn't be a mom, or that's why I'm a piece of crap. You know, my safe, you know, my 
my self-shamer inside my brain is kind of a really judgmental bitch sometimes. That's what I have discovered during this, okay? And so I've had to learn how to how to kind of quiet her down and how to love her and myself, of course, no matter what mistake is made. And that has been a journey. And because you know what, no matter what the mistake, that that's what it is. It's a mistake. I didn't mean to do it. I didn't intend for that to happen. I didn't do it on purpose. I'm a human, right? Humans make mistakes. And, you know, no human can attain perfection because perfection does not exist. And so this applies to mothering. This applies to doctoring, complications, prescriptions, you know, taking care of people, right? Forgetting to do something. That's a mistake, okay? It's it's a human trait, okay? Perfection doesn't exist. Brene Brown also says, shame loves perfectionists because it's so easy to keep us quiet. So I relate to this a lot because if we are perfectionists and something doesn't go perfect, what happens? Well, we want to go hide in shame. We don't want to tell anybody. We want to go lock ourselves in the bathroom and like berate ourselves. It took me a while to realize that that was what my inner inner dialogue was doing, right? I didn't realize that this was what I was saying to myself whenever I made a mistake. It took me a while to realize that my brain was on autopilot with all these horrible things. I thought other people were judging me in that way. I thought, you know, if I if I made a mistake or if I had a complication or, you know, forgot something, forgot to send a patient a, their prescription in even, I would think, oh my gosh, they think I'm the worst doctor ever. And you know what? They didn't think that. I thought that. That was what I was turning that that into. I was shaming myself, judging myself, and I was just like projecting what I thought they would think on the on like like onto them basically. Like I was putting it on them that oh yeah, they think I'm a horrible doctor. Whereas they never actually said that. I said that though internally and I didn't realize that for such a long time. And now I think that this type of shaming ourselves, whether we call it mom shame or just shame or doctor shame, it shows up a lot of ways as an OBGYN. And I think especially if we deal with, for example, a complication, especially an obstetrical complication, we definitely deal with a lot of shame. We look for how we should have known to monitor the baby closer, or maybe we should have known to do that C-section earlier right? Afterwards, we really judge ourselves, beat ourselves up, tell ourselves that we should have done better. We're not good. Or if only we'd done that C-his sooner, things would be different. That's what we tell ourselves. The current kind of, you know, legal climate of OBGYN definitely reinforces this. We try to be perfect in an imperfect world full of things that we can't control. And at times, you know, we I don't want to say it in a negative way, but at times we play God, right? If if we hadn't been involved, then, you know, how would the outcome have been different, right? Most of the time it would have been a lot worse, actually, right? So think about that. All the, you know, kind of drama that comes around this, a lot of it is coming from, you know, what we're conditioned to think is that we need to be perfect so that we can 
you know, save moms and babies. And when that doesn't happen, our whole world comes tumbling down. And so we try to be this perfect person and then we do our best and then something bad happens. And all of a sudden our best isn't enough. And we blame ourselves and shame ourselves for not being good enough, right? We blame ourselves for not being perfect, even though perfection probably would not have changed that outcome. Okay, hindsight's always 50-50. You can always come up with something, right? But, you know, bad shit happens. And this is something that can end people's careers when bad shit happens. And so not because they get sued, you know, it's not, it's not because they, you know, get sued and someone takes their license away. It's because they, they, they emotionally and mentally shame themselves, blame themselves. And, um, you know, we're, we're definitely not in a good place most of the time, I feel like as OBGYNs and then throw on a huge complication like that. It's not, it's not a great place to be in. It's a very hard place to be in and come back from. And so, so I want you to kind of think about that. Where do you shame yourself at work? Okay. Can you start changing that dialogue to realize that you are doing your best and sometimes even your best can't change the outcome, right? Because it can't, we can't control everything. We'd like to think we could. The other place this shows up is that we also shame ourselves as moms. And oftentimes what I see is that OBGYNs, struggle with thoughts surrounding being a good doctor versus being a good mom. And a lot of times this will turn into thoughts like, I can't be both a good doctor and a good mom. So like, if you're at work, you're like, well, I'm not a good mom because I'm at work. And then if you're at home, you're like, well, I'm not a good doctor because I'm at home. And sometimes we're even told this by colleagues, basically. You know, I've heard this personally, that you can be a good mom or a good doctor, but you can't be both, right? And so this is definitely kind of this old school way of thinking that, you know, has been in medicine a long time. And I think it's really just part of, you know, the fact that we touched on last time that that women are still relatively new in the physician or medicine workforce, right? And so, so we're still, you know, trying to overcome some of those things. And so what happens is we end up beating ourselves up for having to leave the school play to run and do a delivery. Or maybe we yell at the kids to be quiet whenever you answer that phone call from L&D. And then you shame yourself or you judge yourself. You beat yourself up afterwards because that's not what good moms do, right? You're a bad mom for yelling at your kids. We make it mean that we aren't good moms while we are being a doctor. And we make it mean that we aren't enough for our kids or our family while we're being a doctor, while we're working. And so if we think this enough, then guess what? It becomes a belief. And even if it's unconscious or without realizing it, guess what? Our brain is going to find more evidence for this. Every time we get paged while we're with the kids, your brain is going to show you the evidence of, look, see, you can't be a good mom while you're being an OBGYN, right? And after a while, you believe it because your brain loves to be right. It will find all the negative evidence to prove that belief to be true. It loves to be right. And so we think it's true. It's this process that's going on in our brains without us really even realizing it. So then we become, you know, a person that might think we are being bad moms. 
So then, you know, that's just more shaming us. We maybe then we quit our job or we cut back or we go find a laborist job or we do GYN only, often because we have shamed ourselves into thinking that we are bad moms if we continue this current job. And I'm not saying finding a laborist job or cutting back or doing GYN only is not the right thing for you and your family. I think that, that there are some amazing jobs, and I think women are getting very creative in how they want to show up and be an OBGYN. But what I want you to know is that if you're doing that so that you'll feel better about being a mom and a doctor, that maybe you don't have to, okay? That's always an option is, you know, don't run from the negative feelings that your job is making you, you know, have negative thoughts about. And causing those negative feelings. Don't run from the job because it's giving you these negative thoughts and beliefs. Because we can change those. That's not a big deal. (laughs) Changing your job sometimes is a big deal. Okay. And so the other side of this is that we will often assume our children are being harmed in some way by us missing family dinner or us working so much. But those are our thoughts. I've actually, I've actually asked my kids about this kind of stuff. Um, you know, like, does it make you sad when mommy has to go or when mommy's on call? And like, they've been raised like with me being on call or me being at the hospital. Like, they don't know any differently. And they usually just say something like, you know, really matter of fact, like, yeah, you were helping a lady at the hospital, mom, you know, and they don't, they aren't the ones that are making it mean something negative. That's the stuff that's coming from our own brains, right? We are the ones that are making it mean we're choosing our patients over our family and then shaming ourselves about it. We are the ones that are making it mean my children are going to, you know, be scarred for life because their mother's absent, you know, (laughs) all these kind of, it sounds over the top whenever I say it out loud, but in passing, that is stuff that goes through our brains and it doesn't seem over the top whenever we're thinking it, but if we think it enough, again, that's what we truly believe. And so then there's kind of the other side. When you're at work, how do you treat yourself if you get called to go pick up a sick kid, right? Have you ever gotten that call? You're like in the middle of clinic. You're already like 30 minutes behind. You've got like four deep that are roomed. They're waiting on you. And you get that call from the school and they're like, yeah, uh, you know, little Billy is sick. We need you to come get him. His fever's like 99.2. And you're like, oh my gosh, for reals. And, (laughs) you know, how do we, how do we view ourselves when we're asked to be a mom for just a minute while we're at work? Usually that involves way more shame too, because we're not good enough to balance it at all. I used to ask myself all the time, how do other people do this? How are, how are people balancing this? How are people juggling this? How do they keep doing this for the rest of their life? Because I would get so overwhelmed by, by that and by juggling it and, or at least my thoughts about that and juggling it. And then I would shame myself. Like I'm a bad doctor because I'm the one that can't figure this out. Right. And so (laughs) I recently realized that you know, maybe this is why 40% of female physicians are quitting or going part-time within the first six years of practice. Because <laughs> maybe they're just like me and they shame themselves about whether they're a good mom or a good doctor, but they can't be both, right? Maybe they got that call about that 99.2 temperature a few times. I know I have. <laughs> so what I realize is that we create this narrative about how we aren't good doctors 
if we're being a good mom and we can't be a good mom if we're being a good doctor. And it's like we create this inner dichotomy of roles where we can split ourselves into smaller pieces. You know, we're like have to split ourselves into these tiny halves, but each half can't do as well. Right. Like that's kind of how I used to view this is like, well, I got to split myself in half and each each part of me is not doing a very good job. It's only like 50 percent here and 50 percent there. Right. And what I want you to consider, I've been thinking about this a lot, is that maybe it's not like a 50-50 split, okay? Don't think of it like that. Maybe it's more like a bifurcation, okay? And like, stick with me on this. I'm not like, you know, this big of a nerd, but kind of, okay? <laughs> we, what if we have to split ourselves into smaller halves to get the doctoring job done, and then the other half gets the mom job done? But what I know about anatomy is that bifurcations, like the bifurcation of the aorta, does a hella good job, even though it's split. I used to view it like, oh, well, I'm only able to give 50% here and I'm only able to give 50% there. But you know what? A bifurcation is doing like a ton of work. It is doing 100% of the job on that side, right? You're perfusing 100% of that job. And so even though each side has become less than the size of the aorta, each side of the bifurcation is still doing the work that needs to be done and doing it extremely well. And so this is kind of this, this kind of metaphor that I've been thinking about a lot lately. So I want you to think about that, is that maybe we don't have to do, you know, a mom job at 50%. Maybe whenever we're there, we are 100%. We're doing a damn good job of perfusing that side on the mom, you know, on the mom side. And then whenever we're, we have our doctor hat on, we're doing a damn good job there, 100%, right? So when we judge ourselves or shame ourselves for all the little things about being a mom or about being a doctor, really all we're doing is we're setting ourselves up for emotional pain. And then we don't show up as a good mom or as a good doctor. So to start working on this, I want you to first notice, where is this showing up for you? Do you judge yourself harshly whenever you're either at home or at work or both? <laughs> That's what I did. Do you shame yourself? Do you say, instead of saying, I feel guilty for feeding my kids M&Ms, do you say, I'm a bad mom because I gave my kids M&Ms for breakfast? Right? Do you give yourself that? Do you remember like, you ever give yourself the mom of the year award? <laughs> you know, like that award you give yourself to tell yourself how bad you screwed something up. And that your children are now like suffering the consequences of your poor mothering, right? Well, I won the mom of the year award over here. My kids had M&Ms for breakfast, right? Ask yourself, you know, do you find yourself judging yourself harshly? Ask yourself, what are you doing whenever you're doing that? What Are you shaming yourself or are you guilting yourself? Because I would bet it's more of shame and it's more of, coming from that that belief of I am not enough, right? When you start noticing where this shows up, I want you to start questioning your inner critic, okay? Find yourself shamer. I told you mine is not a nice uh, voice sometimes. My self-shamer is not. And start questioning whether you agree with her and maybe even disagree with her. Practice saying loving and kind words to yourself instead. No more of this, like, wow, I really effed that up. And more of, well, that's not what I thought would happen, but it's okay, love. 
right? I've had to start talking to my self-shamer in that in that way to show her, hey, it's okay. Mistakes are part of being a human. I am a human, therefore I'm not perfect. And that's okay, love, right? Speaking to yourself in a kind way takes practice. We are not conditioned or I guess we we are not ready to do this. Usually we are not, you know, taught to do this. And it is something that we have to learn because it's not something that's innate. We have to learn to talk to ourselves nicely. So whenever you notice yourself telling yourself you got the mom of the year award or you really F something up or, you know, basically chewing on your own butt whenever you make a mistake, remind yourself, yeah, humans make mistakes and I'm a human too. And it's okay. Okay. Because that's, that's so, it's so true. You guys like this is, this is where the good work is. Okay. I want you to then like, after you kind of evaluate where this is showing up for your life, I want you to sit down and think about what is truly your definition of a good mom. Okay. And then what is truly your definition of a good doctor? And is it true that you can be one, but not the other? Because I can tell you right now, it's not true. You can be amazing at both and you probably are amazing at both. Okay. Because you are a hundred percent enough as is. And it's time you started treating yourself like that. Decide to stop shaming yourself and commit to talking to yourself with love. Okay. Call out that mean self-shamer in the back of your brain and tell her to shut the F up and that it's okay. I'm a human. I don't have to be perfect and that's okay. All right. Okay. So I want you to work on this. Um, If you have any questions, comments, I'd love to know what you think. Head on over to Instagram um, and leave me a comment. You can always uh, shoot me an email, go visit my website. Um, And always, I am so glad you were here, friend. Okay. I will see you guys next week. Well, we will talk again next week. (laughs) And I hope you guys have a fantastic week. All right. Bye. Thanks for joining me today on The Happy Gynecologist. If you have questions or comments, head on over to my website, coach-miles.com, or follow me on Instagram at coachmilesmd. I'd also love it if you left me a review on iTunes. See you next week.